There's a 30% keyboard on here. Yeah, yeah, I commented on that. It's pretty good. What about this one? There's another one. Oh, man. It's looking like 30% of the new 60%. (laughs) Good luck with that, everybody. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) I love that. Hey, this is Boardmakers. I'm Jack, and I'm here with Adam. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. A year later. What's been happening? Fill us in. Yeah, a lot, I guess. We've had the Prionic come out. I guess that's been a big thing that happened. Uh, we have white PCBs now. That's all the rage. Um, all the rage. Working on the subatomic. That's a new thing. And that's the one you just got the prototype of? Uh, well, yeah. I didn't tell anyone else about that, but yeah. <laughs> you can, you being, can still not have told... You can still <laughs> not have told anyone remember this isn't live. <laughs> it's being, uh, being prototyped now. We'll say that. Nice. Nice. That's neat. And that's... Uh, what are we at percentage-wise? Uh, I think I'm calling this 55, but it's probably, I don't know, 60, Isn't it 57, something like that. It, well, the Atomic <laughs> was a 60, technically, if we're going okay. by, by just space taken up by key switches. So I, this is a 14 by 5. So okay. 55, maybe? 57? It's 65.7723%. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the clue boards, they're 66s. So like, I figure if we're going to go, you know cut into yeah. the, the uh, one spot and I figure why not just pick a random number yeah 57's prime isn't it no it's not 59's prime these are things that, that someone some, one could know these things one could google these things <laughs> yeah so what, what have you been doing the past year oh my goodness nothing keyboard related it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate yeah I've, I mean they're all Unfortunately, well, what do I do? What have I done? I've been using the biggest keyboard thing I got. I did get a Model M, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, I didn't bolt mod it yet. I'm just hoping that it holds together. Um, it came with a broken space bar. Hmm. And then, like, it's it's just on one of the sides of it where it hooks on to the, the stabilizer. It's just a little bit flexible, like the little teeth. And... Uh, this is awful. I, I could have just bought a space bar for it. At one point, I was like, oh, this is where you get them. And so in my mind, I thought, when it breaks, I'll buy one. Oh, and then nice. the other day, it all it like got worse. And I was like, okay, it's time to buy one. And now I can't find them anywhere. Oh. And I was just like, oh, gosh, what am I going to have to do here? But it's, yeah, so I was able to figure it out and put it back. But it's, it's an awesome keyboard, I have to admit. I think I understand why. Um, why it stood the test of time. It's so heavy though. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it's cool. I like the fact that the little, that the, each of the key switches has, or the caps rather, can come off. I didn't know that until I got it. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. They're like caps for them. I think that'd be a really cool design to, to modernize or bring back, to have that ability to switch them around without having to actually take the switches out. Right. Um, but yeah. And then, I can't, so that's got Cordy, and I haven't really messed with anything. I mean, of course, on that, I've just left it as it is. But the one uh, I have at work is uh, one of the, I have a plank, the one I made with the uh, extra keys, uh, 10 key. And All right. It still has my messed up version of uh, Dvorak on it. <laughs> right. And I'll take a few, you know, I'll, for whatever reason, I won't end up using my computer for a few days, and then I'll come back and do something, and I'll start it's like my brain has to like activate and it's so weird too because i like 
it's, it's blank and it's got those um the Matthias switches with just uh, some ABS some blank ABS keys on it right and I'll, I'll be sitting there thinking where is something it's like the <laughs> process of thinking about it I can't find anything and so then I just have to be like okay just start typing and I I, I for whatever reason it's still in there and I'll huh. just catch right back up but man is there a moment where my heart drops and I'm like I don't think I can use this. <laughs> oh, but yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, it's been other than that, just crazy life stuff all the way around. Kind of the standard for everybody, I suppose. Sure. When are you going to make a 30% keyboard? <laughs> well, it seems like everybody else is doing a pretty good job. I'm not sure I need to get it, get into this at all. Oh, I think you just gotta, you gotta, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the whole, the whole thing with the playing is that like nothing else uh, anything smaller doesn't make sense. So I don't know. No. I don't know. So you call it like, mm, yeah. I mean, I'm really okay. Did. I'm okay doing half boards. You know that would make sense. Put like the split plank, split plank or whatever, and you know saying like, oh yeah, you can use that with two hands. I don't know. Yeah. So somebody, I've seen a few of those around. Just kind of when I've been perusing, are there something in the works, like officially from from linear, or is that just? For me, yeah, there's, um, it's not going to be a straight up split plank though. It's going to be more like a, um, like a mini ergodox type thing. Yeah. Mm. It's, 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 it's interesting. I think, I think it'll, it'll do well. I'm excited to get one built and actually start using it to tr- see how it is and everything. Cause you, you prototyped an ergodox. Yeah. The mini one. Or you played around with one or whatever. Yeah. How did you like it? Uh, well, yeah, an actual, yeah. I have a couple of EZs that Ares has sent me to, to mess around with, um, yeah, I like I like the easy. I mean, yeah. I like the ergodox layout, except for the thumb cluster. I don't think that makes any sense. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it definitely definitely has some advantages with those uh, column staggering. I think it's pretty interesting. But oh, right, 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 because it's just a little bit off all the way along. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did you feel like it was a little more ergonomic? Is that I don't I know. I like, I don't know that really made a difference, but if it, I think it feels nicer. I don't know. It's also been a while you since like, I actually used one, but splay it out a little bit i mean was it did you angle them or i didn't angle them i did i did move them apart which is kind of nice but i don't know what to put in the center of them because i don't know like you know the mouse doesn't fit there for me at least mm. and plus it feels that really trackball that i bought from you a long time ago that <laughs> yeah would go that right worked. there in the middle <laughs> well even that like it's just not i don't know it's not a weird place to put it i guess it's just not what i'm used to i don't yeah. know if i get end up getting used to it or not but yeah. yeah, that is interesting. Like, what will go there? It seems like you end up with a, just a wider keyboard in the end because yeah. that space is kind of dead. Yeah, maybe like a mini screen or like a tablet or something. Yeah, I, I, put, I put drinks there sometimes. <laughs> that makes a little bit of sense, but at the same time, you have Cheetos. Like, yeah, exactly. I played a food. I played a food. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. It's kind of an interesting spot. When you get them split, like if the keyboard is split, like what what do you end up using in that that place? Like, do you really get to utilize the extra desk space, or is it yeah. just ergonomic, or is it? I don't know. It would be cool to think like as you as you design that split board. Is there anything you could actually implement internally in that, or kind of naturally into that spot that could also like a little screen or something? Yeah. I don't know. Do well, keyboards need screens? <laughs> Speaking of that, I actually <laughs> bought one recently. The what is it? One twenty-eight by thirty-two. Out of it has little. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. I think they're OELED displays. Um, but it's just I squared C interface. I was like, oh, I can get that working with 
the QMK stuff. And I think there's a, actually a live, the um, Fred, Fredismo, I think it's how you pronounce his username, on GitHub has been working on like a, a visual library for that sort of stuff um, for the Ergonox Infinity. And so I think that will work with that too, but I'm also just going to like see what, see what I can do to get it working and everything. Hmm. What would it be? I mean, what would you display on it? What would be the... In- intent other than well, just it's I th- awesome i don't remember if i mentioned the thermal printer stuff i'm working on but i have a little thermal printer that i hooked up via serial i guess yeah i think it's serial that uh just basically outputs whatever you you're typing on the on the keyboard and so i thought it'd be cool, oh, that's cool for the display to show what the buffer is on the thermal mm. printer before you spread it out so it's like so the idea there is like it's like a typewriter so if you're typing you know you can see where you're typing right. you're like oh i messed up and backspace through it and then once you are done with that line, you enter, the buffer gets cleared, and then it gets sent to the thermal printer and, you know, gets printed out. That'd be kind of Oh, cool. that's neat. Yeah. What would you, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Let me just be very clear. That's cool. <laughs> now let's ask a question, a follow-up question, if you will. <laughs> what are you printing on a tiny thermal printer? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, so, okay, I had an actual real, not real life application. I had, a, I had an application for it. It was when I was on, I was playing Minecraft, which is, that's as real as life gets. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I wanted to know where to record. Like I had a home base, and this is before I installed any plugin and said, do this for me. But I had a coordinate I wanted to remember, so I typed it in. Or uh, no, this is for the ether, ether mapping. Or the, the nether. Uh, yeah, nether mapping. And yeah. so I wanted to figure out how to, you know, what coordinate I wanted to be on the other side, and you divide by whatever. And so I I'd typed those in my <laughs> printer so I could remember what they were. It worked out. Yeah, it worked fine. No, that is awesome. But, I, that was so cool. If you could build that into a keyboard, I like this. I'm mm-hmm. down now. And so in a function key, you hold a function key and then everything you type while the function key is held down is sent to the buffer instead of to the exactly. computer. Yeah. And yeah. then when you let the function key up, it just prints the entire buffer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then you get, you could do like a little note. I mean, of course it would be spelled. Well, if it was me, it would all be spelled so wrong. I probably wouldn't be able to use the <laughs> note, but uh, you know, the idea essentially would be that you could quickly write down a phone number or you could quickly say like put a date or like oh remember to do this and when you let the key up it's it's permanent you yeah. just get this like mm-hmm. little that's awesome it's good that's for, really that's cool. a good use for lock switches actually have it come back yeah, up oh, like that'd that be great hey there is your handwriting atrocious are you tired of looking people in the eye during social interactions do you have any irrational fear of opening your mouth and making sounds come out You're introducing the plank typing printer just type what you wish to convey into your plank and neatly printed sentences will come out <laughs> I, I always love the idea. I, I installed, I think it was some variant of Linux on a PlayStation 2 at one point, long, long time ago. Hmm. And the beginning of the installation required you to do a bunch of management uh, just in a, at the command level, hmm. but there was no screen output yet. And so <laughs> you had to carefully follow along this list of things to do without actually seeing any of the typed things. Right. So ever since then, I've always been intrigued by the idea of like, it's just, it's, it's, it's cumbersome to the point of almost being uh, unreasonable, but where you have <laughs> inputs occurring that are being saved, but not being viewed by the, the user. And mm-hmm. then you kind of get this, all right, did I do it right moment when you hit, you know, in that case it was enter and all of a sudden the screen booted up. But in the case of the thermal printer, you'd hit, you'd let the lock switch up and then it would just print out everything you had. Yeah. Well, even like if you just want to write a note, like, I don't know about you, but I don't write ever. <laughs> like I wrote, I wrote yesterday, I had to write my email address down for the, some quote thing I was getting for our house. And I was like, man, I haven't written like a month. Like, I don't know. I just feel like very 
bad at writing. And so if I have like, if I need to write somebody a note for something or even like for uh, notes I write in the packages I send sometimes, like I just feel like my handwriting can't be read to any extent. Mm. So being able to just type something, which I can, you know, I can type faster than I can write. So if I be able to type it and print it out and then have it actually be legible and neatly spaced, whatever, it'd be kind of a cool, cool feature. That would be neat. I really like this idea. Plus like thermal printer paper is pretty cheap, I think. So like you just, yeah. You know, type well, and it's just cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been writing a little bit more recently. I got one of those little field notes that I've been just tossing oh, yeah. in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's been really, really cool because it'll, it's amazing how, like before I was doing that daily, I, you know, I, like you said, I, you just very rarely find yourself writing notes like that. And mm-hmm. then since I've had it in my pocket, anytime someone says like, remember this or that, I'll just pull my pen out, pull my notes out and just write it down. And mm-hmm. it's, it's turned out to be super useful. It's just kind of, I'm surprised. And ironically, I'd carried a notebook around like purposefully for this intent, like reason for a long time, even before that, but I never really got the use of it. But just since the field notes are so thin and small, I don't know, I really, I'm really digging it. Hmm. But yeah, there's something about just writing or having a physical piece of paper with a a note that you want on it. That's nice. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm still thinking the, uh, we tried this at one point. I think I burned one of them up, but I'm, uh. That little thumb mouse that was in the old that little track oh, yeah. point, the, the racer. Right. I'm still thinking that needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's on my list of things to do as well. Because natively in one of the key or the circuit boards, that'd be just a really cool feature to have. Yeah, that would. Because I haven't seen really anything. I mean, I've seen a couple of boards come out that have it available somewhere on it. Uh, there was that one that split. Can't remember exactly what the name of it was, but. It kind of split into two puzzle pieces, and you could hook it back together. I the, think they had a module. Yeah, was that the ultimate hacking? Yeah, that was exactly what they called it. Yeah, it had a little module. I think you could either click on the bottom, or it was maybe the finished product had that or something, but there was a little one there. I think they had a trackpad or something for it, too. Like A couple of different modules like that for, for uh, mouse input. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I find that, I mean, that little eraser head that was on those old Lenovo's or the old original IBM's, I really ended up using that when I had an IBM for a while. I just, yeah, it just was an easy, easy thing to just move around. It's not that, I mean, you wouldn't want to like play first person shooters on it or whatever, but <laughs> it's, it would be cool if you had, you know, you toss this board in your bag and you just have it all the time. It, it comes with a mouse as well, which is a neat, neat feature. Yeah. What'd you think of the Rama boards? It's cool. I really like it. I think it's getting into the level of, I don't know. I don't know if it's starting to seem like more like a input pad for MIDI or something. <laughs> right. A little more than a, or a little less than a keyboard itself. Yeah. Hey, it's, all, um, it's all doable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it's cool. It would certainly be something I would love to play around with a little bit, but I don't know. Do you think this is a render, this one that they posted, or do you think this is real? I don't know, actually. And they look like the XDA, it's the new, um, the new DSA like profile. Mm. Are they small? Are they really short? They look like almost. I think they're about the same size. They're just the contact area is a little larger for your finger. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I always found that with these uh, these mockups, if they're the originals or I mean, if they're real or if they're a render, uh, the keycaps always made it for me, and then. Sometimes the board comes out and the availability of keycaps is so limited, then you're like, yeah. this, the look isn't quite there. Yeah, that's just um, so frustrating with like 
the keycaps are like most of the look of the keyboard. And so like you have like, I don't know, just a large variety of cases, you know, but then you have the, the, like so many different keycaps that it's like, if you yeah. pair the wrong combination, it looks like subpar. Oh yeah. And then you have, you have ones that like essay that looks great, but like oh, aren't necessarily the best ones to use in your typing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've got, yeah, that, of the handful of planks that I have, it's like, the, I mean, the ones I have that are like essay, they look really, really cool, like you're saying, but they're a lot more cumbersome to use. Mm-hmm. And then I have some that I, they just got a, a blank palette, but it really detracts from the the coolness of the board. Right. It really wasn't until I got a hand on some of those granites that I was able to like design a look and finally have like a board that was like how I wanted it to look and the coloration was right and everything kind of matched, but right. that was many, many planks into the game. <laughs> and so it's always nice to see, like if they sell this, this M36B, it would be who of them to f- kind of also market it with a set of keycaps that kind of models after this design. Cause I think this looks really good if you can get access to this look, like you're saying, this looks exactly like the teenage engineering setup. Mm-hmm. But if it ends up coming out and then you end up with just, you know, ABS blanks, it's not nearly going to look as cool. Yeah. To be fair, I like the ABS blanks. <laughs> I'm actually yeah, I mean, it, trying to reach out to, to Matthias to see if they are willing to to stock those at their store. I kind of doubt they will, but right, we'll see. I mean, it's a it's a neat look. It's just one of a, you know, it is a it. Yeah. I don't the clutter of the characters actually. I like that. Yeah. When I look in, there's like complexity to it that grabs your eye, almost fractal in nature when you're glancing down and there's all this, this, this jargon that the keycaps make. Exactly. And when it's there's blank. Like, there's like a purpose, you know. Yeah. has intent. The same way that like yeah. looking at like a complicated user interface um, for like flight controllers or something, that's all like, that's automatically cool because like there has like, you know, there's just so many things to like learn and analyze with that. Whereas a blank keyboard, like it's just like, oh, here's 47 keys. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I do agree, though, that the blankness does, it lends a, a certain amount of mystique to it. And from a keyboarder mm-hmm. perspective, I can say to people, yeah, you know, there's like 14 keyboards here. You hold all these function keys, and you get <laughs> right. all this extra utility. Mm-hmm. But the explanation does have to kind of come from within, whereas the, uh, you just glance down at a keyboard, especially you look at some of the older keyboards where there's, or like register keyboards. Right. Where yeah. you end up with, you know, there's there's writing on the top, but then there's like writing on the sides and there's all this weird script and you're just, I don't know, that complexity kind of gets excited. I'm like, oh, wow, there's so much going on, even if there really isn't. Mm-hmm. Also, like, like that clutter. Even like the alien oh. interfaces, I, f- I forget which key set it was, but it, had, it was inspired from something. Um, but it's just a bunch of like, mm-hmm. not random symbols. I'm sure they have intent with whatever, whoever like put them on there. But they're basically all alien stuff and it looks like complicated yeah. and like interesting. It was really, you know, because it had like a lot of the designs took up more than one keycap, I think. So they had like a vertical line mm. that would go space over four and like some stuff that go across the whole keyboard. Yeah, that's the kind of, the, I and mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like even the Elven one is for another example, though, where you get this yeah. complexity that in that case is, is it relatively, I mean, it's just eye grabbing. You kind of glance, and you go, whoa, that's, there's a lot going on there. And it's mm. like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, something about it. There's an interesting just juxtaposition there, too, because you have, <laughs> you know, the, uh, Tengwar. Teng, Tengwar is the alphabet, um, mm. which is like a very script, you know, it, you, you write it very fancifully and everything. And oh, it's on, right, it's on, yeah. it's on you know, <laughs> a keyboard. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. I've always felt like it'd be fun to uh, create a, a font that was my handwriting. 
<laughs> right. It's like to write all the characters and then make them into a font and then mm-hmm. embed it in so that I could type my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting too, man. If they could find a cheaper way that you could make, I don't know, I guess to the end, in the end, you want like a high quality keycap that's double shot or something like that. But you also want this, all this variability and, and all the possibilities for all these different things, but it would be neat to have like a real high quality set that was your handwriting as well. That like mm-hmm. every letter was one that you had written. And then a thermal printer will print that out too. <laughs> yeah. You can actually register. I think you can on this printer. You can register custom characters to print out. So that's mm. it's like half possible, but they're going to be pretty low resolution drawings of your <laughs> handwriting. Of your handwriting. So a more colored PCBs coming? I think so. Um, so we're working on the revision 5 plank, the revision 2 prionic, and the revision 1 subatomic all at the same time. Because mm-hmm. we're going to have the same basis for, you know, whatever. Because we're hoping to move to the At90 um, AVR chip, mm-hmm. which has a bunch more memory. Hopefully get that sucker on there. I think that'll be pretty interesting. Pretty exciting. What will be the increased functionality with a bigger chip like that? Well, like a lot of the audio stuff, we're hoping it has a lot more pins too. Um, so we're hoping mm. to be able to isolate, actually have um, SPI, I2C, a, a serial interface and all the timers and I think some PWM stuff too but mainly the, the timers have um, isolated so that you can actually use all those at the same time and still have a working key matrix and everything oh wow that's so, awesome yeah and then with the timer stuff if we can use all three timers and I gotta look into this more and what's being used in QM, QMK I think timer zero is being used if I'm not mistaken um so, and I'm not sure if we can necessarily free that up, but we at least have two. So we at least have two different voices we can play at the same time. So you get like just two notes you can play at the same time, which would be kind of cool. Mm. You can almost do a chord. <laughs> yeah, well, if we get three, that'd be the, that'd be the goal. But um, that would be neat. So with that stuff, um, embedding a lot more like audio stuff in there would be pretty cool. Um, whether it's like voices or actual like songs or you know whatever you want or just space for code to <laughs> have it do everything. Because right now we're pretty. Oh, it'd be cool. Kind of pushing. It'd be cool yeah, it'd be cool if you could keep samples on there, like actually saved on the thing itself. Well, yeah, samples are hard though, because we're the way this is these little things work is it's just emitting one frequency at a time, mm-hmm. and so samples don't really work out because you'd have to do um, basically pulse modulation, and it's kind of messy. Because mm-hmm. hmm. you're just using the piezo speaker still, or yeah, yeah, yeah. What about putting like I mean, here we go for crazy, but like USB C on it, and then. Well, we could put USB-C on it, but it's not going to be able to take advantage of the faster port or anything. We'd basically be using like the backwards compatible USB-C stuff with the AT90. Like we would need a, mm. a you know, basically like a three point whatever chip to be able to take advantage of those faster speeds. So like that's the whole, like we might do on this one yet. I haven't talked about a whole lot with them yet, but there's not a whole, like a whole lot of need for it for mm. these kind of keyboards. Cause like, you know, need a, like you can't even use it, you know, all the technology that's there. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, I got, I'm getting into the MIDI controller game late than I should have. I know we (laughs) talked about this a while ago and I know you were super excited and I'm sorry I didn't see it yet, (laughs) but now I'm ready. So (laughs) MIDI controller is the direction we should go. (laughs) A year later, I'm convinced, but it'd be so cool if you had like a full functionality, the USB-C that you could like plug it into like a hub. And then on that, like hooking, I don't know, speaker setup or some like uh, external uh, storage that has sampling on it. And then 
how cool would that be? Like, oh, okay. You, so you're talking about using the the plank as a as a host, USB host, and, yes. and having stuff plugged into that. Yeah. yeah, somehow like between Teenage Engineering's OP one and just like uh, a board to play on, so you mm-hmm. would you could you could utilize so, you know these samples that are on there, and then have some software that we you know either embed in a third de- a second device or potentially on the board itself that allows us to attribute samples to them individually and play out of a little speaker. So you can you can do a little bit of mixing, you know, not mixing, but just generally playing little songs and ditties and things. Right. Uh, with the board itself. I don't know. I also thought that, I mean, I always thought that it would be cool to have some onboard storage. So put like a, I mean, maybe you could just do a. Well, that's, yeah. So with this, like moving that whole, I mean, one of the goals with this is opening all those ports. We get a lot more ports to play around with. And so hopefully be able to hook up a, a little SD card reader and be yeah. able to access that. That's one of my goals. That would be well. cool. Um, That'd be really cool. Because then you could. We do get a larger EP um, with this chip as well. I don't remember the exact specs on it or even if it's bigger, but I'm pretty sure it is. And so we have the possibility of like storing key maps in there and everything, which is kind of a big deal because you don't have to flash the keyboard then. You can just remap, mm. you just write the EP ROM and access that. You don't have to worry about like flashing and like, you know, breaking it somehow and whatever. It's all just, it's going to be running all the time. So that'd be neat. And then you could, you could have a toggle, whether it's like a, a little, uh, a physical toggle or maybe some sort of function key setup that you could switch between key, like key maps on the actual Board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's another whole thing. Like, if you can store an SD card on there, then, um, you know, basically using it as a mass, mass storage device. And if you want to, like, basically load the key maps from the SD card and the EP ROM and access that, access that dynamically, or however you want to do it. And we don't even have to use the EP ROM. You can just store it in the RAM, um, which is also bigger on this chip. Um, and, you know, load it that way. So it loads on startup. And then, you know, you can use this mass storage right to it and then basically reload it without having to reset the control or anything. And, uh, hmm. you know, tons of possibilities. Like, and that's just the key map stuff. It's like with the MIDI stuff, there's, you know, way more stuff you can do and like the music stuff. It's, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's pretty, it's going to be cool. That's so. neat. Well, and even just the basic functionality of having a storage device on the keyboard itself. You know, yeah. if you're mm-hmm. taking this back and forth somewhere and you're using it as a kind of mobile keyboard, having the ability to save files onto it or documents or whatever, just have backups that are just yeah. just in this thing you're carrying around. That's neat. My one worry with that is that we're getting like, these are becoming pretty technology, like these are pretty advanced. And like, I'm, I'm worried that like there's going to be security issues with people like trying to take them to work and stuff like that. Cause it's something mm. like, like I know some engineers when they like defense contractors, especially have to worry about like devices coming into secure labs and stuff like that. And, you know, granted that's probably not a huge use space i still want to keep these like well at least the option to be dumb enough where they can go in place without like a huge security you know like oh what is this some little hacking device thing you know so yeah well i mean it might just be something you you just sell maybe you have two revisions or like you know one with the sd and one without it so yeah yeah if you're going in highly classified areas or you're worried about somebody thinking you got something you, you don't, then don't bring, buy this one. Or. But even then, like just keyboards, like cause we have a lot of this is a lot of dangerous stuff can be done now. Like if you look at, um, what is it? The, the duck thing, <laughs> the rubber ducky, um, he's a Mr. Robot, but you, you plug it in and it just executes all these commands and, and like basically uploads all your passwords to a, a server somewhere. Mm. Like that, that, that's possible with what we have right now. And it's like, the, right, just the with the through the at mail or whatever. Yeah, and so like a lot yeah. of the stuff like we're just waiting for somebody to 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 do it and take advantage of it, and then it being a big deal, and you know they're being like, mm. 
it's kickback. I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, but, I think it boils back down to as a, I mean, wherever you are, you got to be, they always say, be careful what you plug in. And I think that's what it is yeah, at the end of the day. Exactly. And just never plug anything into a USB port that you're not a thousand percent sure is safe. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like there's those awful, you watch those videos online, those, those awful devices that do all that yeah. capacitor charging and stuff and yeah. feedback loops and burn up everything. It's just like, don't plug a random keyboard into your computer. Don't plug a random USB drive into your computer. Just it's like, are we just waiting for the for like the for ARMK to lose faith in one manufacturer, or one hobbyist that's like trying to take advantage of people's trust in that? You know? Yeah, it's I hope kind of not. scary, but it's hard to come back from. You know, if somebody does it maliciously, like that's going to be a, a thing that permeates through the whole community, and that everyone gets affected by it pretty much. So. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. I wonder if it's niche enough that we're kind of insulated by the fact that people who are willing to spend a hundred and some odd dollars on a keyboard are maybe not necessarily think of that as a starting point for some sort of malicious intent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a th- those thumb drives are out there and they're awful and they exist and they're m- much more inexpensive than going full tilt on a that's true that's true a keyboard device. So I think the, the end, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to start probably seeing more crackdowns in public places about, you know, just thumb drives in general, mm. or maybe the reduction. I mean, arguably what needs to be happening, which was so interesting about the recent Mac, is that uh, companies need to start embedding safety protocols for voltage regulation inside their oh, yeah. computers themselves mm. at all the USB ports, just in general. And apparently the new Macs don't have it, but the old ones did. Oh, really? Yeah, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I mean, it seems the, like it should be. Well, the new ones don't they use it as a charging port too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so I don't know if that it, it requires that it doesn't have the voltage regulator or you know some voltage test or whatever. But right. I mean, in the end, it should just be that almost there's a fuse at each of the USBs, and if yeah, too much stuck current is coming through, then they just shut it down. That's probably what you need is a fuse at every single one of them. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that's cool about the SD card. I've always thought that would be a really, I personally think it would be a cool thing to have. Just yeah. you, you haul a keyboard around because you like you, you like the click and then you get the extra utility of, a, you know, that's just a mass storage device, but then going further and letting us, you know, allowing us to make more MIDI stuff or use more music or just even more hobbying in general. Yeah, and we're hoping to break That's out cool. a lot of this stuff too, so it's a lot easier to access. Like a thing now that people have to deal with sometimes that the boards will kind of get bricked through the flashing process. They'll have to do like a JTAG or ISP mm-hmm. reset, um, which is kind of complicated because you have to solder things to like different parts on the on the PCB. We're hoping that this one we actually have got a header that you can just stick in and um, be a lot easier to do. We're hoping it'll be like kind of a thing. I think I talked about this in on OLKB a while ago. But I'd like to have a program where we have this this um, ISP flasher, which isn't it's not too expensive. But for someone that wants to fix a computer, like it's kind of, or sorry, wants to fix their keyboard, it's kind of a like a prohibitive cost. You know, like it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. for someone to buy. So we have like a program where you you just ship it around to whoever needs it next, type of thing. Oh, that's um, cool. Which is you know kind of community based. It's kind of a cool thing that I think we can do. Um, that just kind of makes sense. Like, oh yeah, my my keyboard messed up. Whatever, you know, DFU is gonna be problems. I just need to start over. Or if people just want to, re- re- if they want to flash over the bootloader for whatever reason, that's another way they could do it. Mm. Um, that'd be cool. A neat program that I think can cool. help people out. And well, it's, I like it too. I like the idea of continuing to press the envelope when it comes to maker stuff with your keyboard, like really keeping the 
mm-hmm. you know, more and make more and more availability on the board itself and try to keep uh, exciting people to try new and interesting things. And if there's that backup of like, well, if World War should happen, we've got some protocols in place to get you out of a jam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause there will be instances where like you do totally mess with the bootloader. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that's what happened. So this is fried. <laughs> yeah. It'd be cool if it was a, if the app mail could somehow be like, instead of being service mounted, it's like pins. So you could just yank it out Swap and drop it out. in. I, yeah, yeah, I really want to do that, but it's, it isn't just not enough room on the board for that sort of package. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was thinking about that for a while. That's what, that's basically what Arduinos are is they, they're basically just programmers and they have the, the, um, you know, like that mega, uh, is it, uh, 328 or whatever they are. You just pull them out and then you can put them in, you know, right. whatever embedded application you want, as long as you wire it correctly. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, that'd be, yeah, that'd be really neat. You can almost make a programmer out of the keyboard itself. Yeah. You just have a, 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 the ability to somehow write the code straight to it and you just have the. You should have your software or whatever and flash it right onto it and then pull the chip out of <laughs> the keyboard itself yeah. and you put it in whatever project you're using. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool. God, that'd be so cool to have a breakout board on the keyboard itself. You could, just totally, just like, you could totally do that. So if you, if you had a, well, I mean, you can use the, you can use this chip to program whatever you want. Um, cause as, right. as long as you have, you know, whatever the six pins free or whatever for the JTAG interface, you can program any other board. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I gotta think more about that because that'd be interesting if you use the, you know, well if you use the SD card on on your main board to program your yeah. other board, you know, yeah, like if you still need you know a whole keyboard, so it, it's kind of doesn't make sense just, for people that need it. Oh, I but. just I just love the idea of you're sitting, you're in a maker space, you're working on some project, and then you just need like you need like a little uh, like a Raspberry Pi or something to do some something there, and you just like yank your keyboard apart and you're like, Oh, we can do this. And you just <laughs> click into some jumpers. Right. There's this breakout thing there. You reflash it right there. And now you've got this like board to help prototype or something. You know, just like, <laughs> it's like in a pinch, it's like a Swiss army yeah. breakout oh, board. <laughs> and then you're you know, you leave or whatever. And you, in the SD card, you've got the firmware already there and there's some way to do that natively. And so you can reflash it immediately and you're back to keyboard and you never had to worry about right. the fact that you've kind of in the lurch used it as a, <laughs> this this prototyping device in this random moment. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that'd be crazy. It would be cool. Well, I've always thought it'd be neat to can try to embed a you know full fledged computer in there somehow. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. the fact that it's just well USB C if you could power the thing you could do that. Yeah, yeah. And just plug in a monitor directly through the USB C port, have it charge the keyboard and and, pro- and run the computer, and then your just monitors just there. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Well, they're going back to like the Commodore 64 type of thing where like, you know, it's embedded into the keyboard, like all one thing. <laughs> one big circle all the way back around. Yeah. Like. Well, I don't know why that, those aren't a thing still. Like people, like manufacturers embed them into the monitors or everything. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know if they are. I'm just not, I'm just not seeing them, but maybe. Yeah, I wonder if it's thing. a heat thing. No, oh, yeah. Because you're, yeah, because your hands warm that up too. But, I mean, as you get, I mean, I think as these chips get smaller and smaller, it will be, it'll come back to a thing where you just, yeah. that'd be a really cool moment where you like the thickness of a mechanical keyboard actually gives rise to the ability to have an embedded system. And so it kind of mm-hmm. moves away from these. I mean, I suppose that's what a laptop is though. Right? Well, yeah. So uh, when I was in college, like I took my laptop and I took the, the screen out and I, on the motherboard, if you take out the screen pen, it looks for the external one automatically and it just ignores, mm. you know. And so I did that for a while. I took that around to, 
classes and I just plug in the you know, computer labs. I don't want to use my, my laptop <laughs> and just plug it in instead. It, worked, it was That's an awesome. older laptop, so it wasn't the best, but it, it was pretty cool. That's neat. Yeah, but it's like if you flip the relationship, like those yeah. Surface devices mm-hmm. where you have it all embedded in the monitor, but the keyboard is nothing. If you flipped it so that it was all embedded in the keyboard and the monitor was nothing, kind of like the Surface Book, uh, I guess it's not quite right, but uh, then you could do exactly that. You could just yank this off. Yeah, so ta- it, you know, put the screen away. In a world where we have screens everywhere, that makes a lot of sense. Which I think in college campuses would probably be a good idea. Like we have a screen at every desk and a screen like all in this lab or something. And then at home, you have a bunch of screens. Yeah. You probably need it's like s- the Nintendo Switch. It's <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just click, you just, you know, you have your computer and then you just drop it into a dock and it's just automatically mm. on your screen. Well, there's talks of doing that with, with phones, you know. Oh, I yeah. That, HP had that one. Yeah. Or you, like, you know, it's just you plug your phone in it at home and it turns into a computer basically because you plug your keyboard and your modern monitor and whatever into it. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. On some level with future thinking, I'm thinking that's where we're headed where you your phone is really truly your only computer. Mm-hmm. You come home, you drop it in a dock, and then all your screens go live from there. Yeah. Because I mean, we're practically. We're practically there with like, like a Chromecast or something like that. Exactly. I was going to say, because most of the stuff that you want that's going to be processor intensive, you could do in the cloud, you know, and then it's basically you're yeah. getting a, a, a stream of the of the, <laughs> of the rack computer doing whatever it's doing, you know, and you don't have to worry yeah. about anything except streaming video, which is... Well, and you can also do um, parallel computing. Like, you know, everybody, you've oh, got yeah. five mm-hmm. or six cell phones in the house or whatever, and it just... It just elevates, or that's maybe ridiculous, but at least two, right? And so you've got these two of them that are maybe both doing some of the processing for you, and then some of it's done in the cloud, so you can maybe do, you could like game or something potentially by utilizing multiple. Yeah, um, I do worry about the delay time or the latency there, because I feel like the latency over the internet viewing a a video thing or whatever would probably be about the same as like latency between two two like wireless devices talking to each other. Yeah, but I'm thinking I'm the not. dock and like a house that's wired with USB-C is probably the only way this is going to work yeah. initially. Yeah. Because we have it in the walls. Like recently I got one of those, uh, what is that, uh, um, Steam Link. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for a while I was using it with the Wi-Fi and it just wasn't up to snuff. But then I uh, hooked it direct in. I rewired some of the Cat 6 in the walls mm. and I was able to plug it in directly. And that was, I mean, it's amazing. It's mm. so fast. I mean, you can play Witcher through... You know, on a separate, you know, the computer's in one room, the Steam Link's in the other, and do right. stuff like that. But you can also compute with it, which is I found is really neat. If you just minimize Steam, you have your computer there available to you. Oh, right. Which has really been really neat. You can, I you know, it's, there's, you know, access things to that you can't Chromecast, so. Right. Like Hulu or Amazon or whatever. <laughs> but I think that if you just ended up with a situation where you got multiple docks around and you just need to drop, whether it's. Like a near field kind of thing, or if it's just physically clicked in, and then the walls are completely filled with USB C, right. and then all your <laughs> screens are clicked into that. You're you're not wireless, you're but you're practically just because everything's connected. Right. That would be neat. And then you could parallel compute. Everybody's phone just helps along. It was an interesting moment plugging this the link in, because. I realized that it, for all the wirelessness that we've been headed towards, it, it really isn't, it isn't beat, it hasn't beaten um, a truly wired Ethernet. Hmm. Well, it's just the limitations of, of the, uh, 
like the Wi-Fi protocol? Is that is that what the deal is now? I don't know I think what the limitation yeah. is, but because we have like what you know, gigabit Ethernet and everything, but I don't think we quite have Wi-Fi at that speed yet. Yeah, I don't exactly know where the no, that that stuff. Networking in general is over my head for the most part, so I don't, I don't know enough to talk about what, yeah. how this stuff works. No, so. me too. I think it's magic. The Wi-Fi specifically. <laughs> the cabling was nice because I like once I'm having everything plugged in, I get it, right? It's just like electricity, you know? Yeah. This is plugged into mm-hmm. that, this is plugged into that, and it's all connected. But the Wi-Fi is just... Well, same with Bluetooth too. Like, why, why isn't this connected? And like, why, how did this get disconnected type of thing? It's like, what's going on? Is there interference? Yeah. Or, I don't know. That there's a lot of refinement that needs to be done there in order to have like this, this seamless futuristic interface that we were promised. You know, like it's just not, <laughs> it's not there yet. Uh, I think the cruelest irony is going to be that once it's back to this wired world, your your house is going to be all wired with USB C, and then mm. there's a wire coming in that's going to bring you the internet. And once and you just if you have it everywhere, you just plug in. And there's no need to worry about that latency. And it also protects you from somebody listening in if it's all wired. You yeah, just, well, it's, it's with wired, to... you can still observe, um, unless it's like the fiber optic, like photon, whatever interface, mm-hmm. where you can tell if it gets intercepted, you could still get like tapped or something. Interesting. Well, unless there's encryption, which I guess would make sense. But I don't know if people will care to do that in their homes. I don't need, yeah, I've actually thought it would be cool to put a server in the basement and then have mm. it download the internet periodically <laughs> during out the day and then turn <laughs> the internet off in between. <laughs> so you like set it up to, with a protocol to pull down certain things like it'll pull your email, it'll pull these other things and it keeps them all natively internally. But mm. then on the when it's not doing that pull, it shuts it down and it's an intranet. That'd be interesting. And so, so basically yeah, like, you a DNS server in your house, kind of. That would cache. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Hmm. With no with no internet component to it, you wouldn't you wouldn't be serving it to anybody but the computers in the house. Right, right, right. And then I thought a physical switch on the router would be cool too. Like it's actually like <laughs> cutting the connection physically. Oh yeah, just so you know. So it's, it's like off. a magnetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a magnetic switch. That like just goes clunk, and you know <laughs> the light turns on and or red or green. Mm-hmm. So you look down, you're like okay, we have we're not on the internet. But I mean, if it pulled down. We've got a media server on there and it pulled down enough uh, of your daily needs. Then you could, you, you know, the internet, uh, the, the, the news that you want and, and in your emails and you can get Wikipedia downloaded. Oh yeah. You just have that. And then just, just have that. And we well, sh- that's yeah, Cause cool. you can pull, I think you can pull just the updates the last day or whatever too. So it could always be up to date for the past, last day. Yeah. Which is neat. So you get that little, you get the reference stuff there. You build a little server or a little, uh, <laughs> like a tiny web, uh, like Google essentially, like a, mm. <laughs> that's just for the stuff that you have. <laughs> I was like, what are we today? Oh, none of that. All right. Like a mini search engine and you just click, click, click. And it's like, there are three websites come up. You're like, we have these things. And like right under it, it tells you the last time it updated. <laughs> like, oh, I guess I'm going to read the news from five days ago. <laughs> You see, like, your, your kids ask you, oh, did you download this game? Nope. Sorry. All we have is uh, Tetris. <laughs> exactly. Like viewing the internet as, a, as if it, <laughs> you have like broadband, but as of, as like dial up. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. We got to connect it. <laughs> yeah. Dial it. Exactly. Right 
That would be awesome. Internet as like a finite resource. It's an interesting concept. That would be cool. Or two, yeah, you could just have it shut off at a certain amount, like two. Like the magnet is literally like <laughs> waiting for, like, oh, you've, you know, you're over your four gig limit for the day. It's all clunk, clunk. Yeah, it's sounds <laughs> like an ISP there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Net neutrality was out the window. You look forward to that. <laughs> We're just like, yeah, we have an inter, like our house has a net neutrality issue. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking this to the limit. <laughs> the parental interests. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it would be perfect. You could, I mean, you have, you'd have unfettered control because you would, you would actually have the internet, like all of the internet that you know is right. literally there. Well, the beauty of it is with like, a, you know, a USP and a, a generator, you'd have the internet even if the power was out, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you'd have, you know, five days ago's internet. Before the power went out. <laughs> but if you need to know, I don't know, I can't imagine you need to look at Wikipedia in an emergency. But I guess that, that would exist. Or well, you just playing, situations that, playing Trivia like, Pursuit uh, in the dark, you know, need to know the answer to something. <laughs> <laughs> by candlelight, I'm checking the internet. <laughs> <laughs> by by Trendell. Cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ride faster, I need to know. I need to know this. <laughs> no, who else you could, what was I thinking? You could... You could also have it pull down some like wiki house and things like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it could run, you could run a monitor the, like. Okay, so all the wiki house I've, I've viewed have been totally useless, right? So, like, because the, the only time you go to wiki house, at least, at least when, I, when I'm searching for something that's like really hard to find, it's like, oh, let's just, let's just look here because like this is okay. Someone took the time to make this. Let's like to take the time to read it, see what it, see what it is. And it's total trash. Like, it's totally, you know, absurd. <laughs> it's all of those, all the absurd wiki house. <laughs> None of the useful ones. Yeah. I'm just thinking how fun it would be to try to write the algorithm that what it's going to do is it's going to be like a DEF CON thing, essentially. And it's going to read modern news and then it starts pulling survival websites and stuff <laughs> if it right. thinks that the apocalypse is close. <laughs> so it switches from like media server to like survival server as it assesses the danger. Oh, my gosh. That'd be awesome. So it's like, oh, oh no! Like, and you start looking, and you can like see like a like a like a bar diagram, bar graph of like where you're at, and you look at it, you're like, wow! For whatever reason, my server really thinks that we're something bad's gonna happen because we're ninety percent filled with just survival, <laughs> like water purification <laughs> stuff. There has to be either a zip file or a torrent somewhere of all of that stuff that's required, like an ap- apocalypse. Um, Zip, tar, like tar bundle or something. Tar. You know, it's just like it's there, ready to be downloaded. Like you know, and it's, it's optimized to down like a couple of k. It's like, oh, with it, my it's luck. Just, oh, my luck, and I'd, I'd have that zip, and it would download it in the moment, and everything would be fine. And then I'd be like, oh, I did, it, I did, it, I did it. And then it's like, oh, but I, uh, I don't have a, a copy of WinZip. That's <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, tarball. You're like, how oh, the crap do I undo this thing? Oh, how do I do this? <laughs> you gotta, yeah, like, um, you know, uh, you, you kind of casually type Google, how do you undo a tar? And it's just you hit the enter, and there's no way to net. And you're like, no. <laughs> Sounds like a Twilight Zone. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. The tar of the apocalypse tar. Tar of survival. Yeah, yeah. Survival things. There has, be, there has to be a thing already. If not, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a, a thing that that could pop up real quick. I mean, that's the most like you see those prepper shows, and you get like they've got oh, all this yeah. food, they've yeah. got all this water, they got all this stuff, and like I, I, the whole time I'm thinking, all I need information. Like yeah. that's the thing because I I don't necessarily know how to. Like, I rely on that every day. I'm comfortable if you put it in front of me figuring something out. Like, mm-hmm. I can look and say, oh, yeah, I can read. I can read something and then <laughs> utilize that to make something happen. But if you just 
put the objects in front of me and say, you know, purify the way well, I don't purifying water is not maybe a great example, but, um, you know, something more complicated, well, like botany yeah. and stuff, like how to grow plants. Like, yeah. that's like, I don't like, I could probably figure this out over <laughs> a variety of years, but if I, need, if I need to start growing stuff now to eat, like that's a little more, yeah. You know. And or like, like soil it's something like, about too. like if, if we have, if there is some sort of apocalypse where you don't have access to like a library or other people or just like other physical mediums, like you need to have everything you're ever going to need in your whole life. This goes like medical yeah. stuff too, like all in one place. Like, oh yeah, you know. exactly. Like I got bitten by that. Let me look it up on Google what that is. Oh wait, <laughs> there's no Google. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you go like, you go to like the, uh, forums like, like oh here's a picture of my bug bite what is it type thing right. yeah, that's sort of identification yeah. but it's so esoteric like you got to get all that stuff in one place or is there like a is there already a place where you can look up those things that's that is all like centralized you know or do you there have to go like do you have to go to like a hundred different Yahoo answers to find this one thing you know oh well I guess you just start archiving all of Reddit <laughs> yeah that's a good start <laughs> so your server just fills with all I mean actually would be a good place like if it was just building this survival server. Just archiving Reddit. Yeah, you got all the useful information, like all the Ask Reddit stuff, all the stupid like sexual questions you get from Ask Reddit, and then like all the all the pictures all of the cute survival cats questions for like entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> You'd have it all internet. Then you just like write a new UI to like charm it into being not Reddit, right? And then create a Google like a search engine who, that who just randomly kidding? searches you're gonna, it. You're gonna want that experience back. You're gonna want to be able to browse Reddit, right? You're gonna oh want yeah, that. well you'll hide that somewhere, right? Because that's pretty much all I look at as it is. So. <laughs> But initially, at least in, in, the, in the future, in the, you have no internet in the apocalypse. You're like looking back. Okay, which day haven't haven't I looked at yet? And you look at like three years ago before you started. And like, oh, this looks like an interesting day. And just go through. Well, that's exactly it. It's like I'll, at this point, I'm I'm, wor- I'm working under the paradigm that there's always going to be new content tomorrow. If mm-hmm. the, you know, if the apocalypse occurs, I'll just work backwards, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I've been redditing for three years or whatever I have been. So I'll just start at three years and work the <laughs> other direction. <laughs> Watch the content get wow, scarcer is, and scarcer, and, yeah, and the technology quality. gets so so like it's like de technologic whatever that it's right, there's a word here I'm sure but <laughs> it's like de evolving technologies like look at this look at this new Samsung Galaxy S one it's the coolest <laughs> thing ever <laughs> phones get thicker battery lives get better headphone jacks get everywhere <laughs> oh you could also randomize it too just. <laughs> oh yeah, so I'm sure there's like plenty the of stuff that you haven't seen that's even out now. Today. Oh yeah, well you get sub like that subreddit simulator kind of thing. You just right. yeah. <laughs> you just have it all just rejarg like you know mix everything up and then relook <laughs> at the whole thing. <laughs> it's just fake. It's just like some weird, interesting like non news that way. Like, oh oh yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, the election was yesterday. Oh, who won? Yeah. Michael Jordan. That's cool. <laughs> oh, <yay. laughs> it's just it's just completely random world. It just comes as fiction at that point. You wait you for could, society you to come back up, and then you then you publish it as this uh, great, work, great work of fiction that you worked on in your it's time like off. Fan fiction of a, the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, survival servers. There you go. That's what should be saved on the plank. You should aim for that though. That'd be cool. If you got it the comes SD with card f- on there, yeah. Yep. Comes I was thinking survival, Wikipedia. Survival zip. <laughs> the wiki. The wiki board. It's. Mm. It's got a. It has an SD how, how big is card. That? It's big, but not not as big as you think. It's like it's a couple gig. How big is? It says eleven gigs. Wow, that's manageable. And they have what two hundred fifty six gigabyte micro SD cards. SD cards, right? 
don't know if our, our <laughs> I think the addresses are probably too long to um to work in AVR. I think there's probably some limits on that, but Oh, here's a half a terabyte, five twelve. Really? Oh, here's one that's actually two terabytes, but that's gonna be a fortune. Well, I mean <laughs> it's the apocalypse. What what can't what expense can't you afford, you know? <laughs> There you go. That's how you're going to market your $7,000 keyboard. It's like, but it's the apocalypse. <laughs> your family's worth it. <laughs> like, well, what's on it? Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> what else? <laughs> A lot of stuff about bug bites. <laughs> I'm trying to think if just Wikipedia alone would, like, if that would be sufficient. Like, what other sites would you actually need to, to survive? Uh, if you do, if you archive of Wikipedia and Reddit, you'd probably be okay. Well, Reddit, Reddit is a huge. That's a huge. It's, I don't know how that would be compared to Wikipedia, but say Wikipedia has all of like what could be posted on Reddit, right? For the most part, mm-hmm. like Wikipedia has Wikipedia has all the information that you would ever need. What else would you need besides that? Like maybe some more in-depth guides or something, because obviously Wikipedia is yeah. not, a, not a, like it's not a primary source. So it would be like referencing and paraphrasing all of these different places, but it's also the best. Like, there's like the some of the how tos. Like you're saying, like, I I understand that. Um, but I feel like, like the, but the get, thing is with those with those sites or even like instructables, or whatever. You're going to get tons of garbage, right? Because that's that's just like they have a very small percentage of of things that are actually useful. The rest of them are are they like just duplicates or or whatever, right? This is just my perception. Yeah. I don't know if this is actually true, but this is from what I have searched on the internet and seen on Wikipedia. That's that's my conclusion. Yeah, I guess stuff like places like Wikimedia, and like places that are more image based, maybe. Yeah, and then like some local information, like almanac information, things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. like local weather pattern things, and and then like uh, soil concentration information, so you kind of know what you can and you can't grow. Um, I'd want. I, mean, I think electronic goods, stuff definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I think you're right. I mean, it's surprisingly how it's surprising how often I go to Wikipedia and I'm reading through those articles, even for the hap twos, just like a general Wikipedia article. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah, all right. I'm getting the basic, like the kind of if you say uh, maybe academic perspective, and mm-hmm. that somehow actually does get me to the what I need. I mean, if you Google just a random thought, like you know, just local, your specific local, you know, California soil or whatever, and say. I bet you'd end up with a Wikipedia article at some point. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you get there. I don't know. Hmm. be surprising. It'd be a cool question. If you could have, I mean, that, I mean, I guess that would be the question. If you have a terabyte of data from the internet, but that's it. And then you're in a survival situation. That's the information you get. What's in that terabyte? This has to be done. This, 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 uh, this, this has to be a thing that exists. Like the perfect terabyte of survival information. Yeah. Searchable, and you're gonna want that too because oh, a terabyte's yeah. m- massive. And if well, it has as, long bad, as, it, as, it as long as they're text documents, I'm not sure how Wikipedia is stored when they when they uh, download like that. But as long as they're text documents, you can just grab it. <laughs> that offline version, yeah, the offline version though of Wikipedia has some sort of familiar UI, so it looks oh, like it? Wikipedia when you're okay. playing with it. As far as I've told, I've never actually downloaded it. Um, but that at least would give you the same kind of functionality for that search. But in general, though, if I just if you gave me a terabyte of text documents. I'm not sure it would be useful for me unless well, it was, you know, I mean, even windows search can pull up, um, you know, stuff within text yeah, files and stuff. words, specific words. Yeah. Which might be enough. I don't, I don't know. Well, and it's, yeah, I, I think the, the, that problem is, is definitely a solvable one. I don't know. You know, off the top of my head in terms of searching through a, 
file system on whatever operating system you're on, but I think that would be trivial. Yeah. So question for the listeners then, I suppose, what's the perfect survival <laughs> terabyte of data? Yeah, and does this exist you, or, or yeah, can you it, make it? <laughs> yeah, and like, just thinking like survival-wise, true survival, all the jokes out, what would be the things you'd want? What on there? It's crazy. I, I guess Wiki, for 11 gigs though, that's just not nearly... I would I would get that because it's really small. If I've yeah. got a whole terabyte, right? I'm grabbing that for sure. I still don't have a good answer for how many gigs Reddit is. I've Googled those phrases and I haven't. You could literally just, the upper bound for it is quite literally how many servers, how much space. (laughs) I'm just wondering if it's like, I mean, of course it's, I don't know. I don't know, actually. I have no idea. How big is the internet? How big is... Two hundred terabytes. Some random website. Oh, something told me what year mm, 2014 google has indexed 200 200 terabytes of data that's not seem like a lot no that's 16 years of youtube videos how, how big is youtube youtube that's what we need <sighs> again though so much <laughs> so much garbage but it doesn't matter you can't parse it. Like it's gonna be hard. I guess you could you could cherry pick videos for all the way up to it, but it'd be better if you could grab it all. I mean, it's gonna be massive. Those. Hmm. I also got stickers recently today. I guess for uh, giving out to people. Nice. You can toss them in the boxes when you ship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, I'm working on um, some more with a friend of mine who's an artist, kind of more stylized stuff. Because the one I made is just like the logo with like a little KB written on it. Um, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool still. I think, I think, hope people like them. And I also got new, <laughs> new cards that have the uh, default layout on the back. It's a little hard to read. Text is a little tiny, but I, I think the, <laughs> the intent's there, which is, uh, you know, always important. But, uh, nice. I was hoping people would like stick it on their monitor so they can look at it, whatever, but it's just, it's just too tiny for that. Not a mm. contrast. So, <laughs> um, but at least be able to see it and they can actually look at it as a reference at, at some point in there learning process and this is like a it's like a little technical chart or a reference chart or something like that or? it's just a little business card that has all of the it's basically the same layout that was on the um whatever the big sheets i made for the default layout um okay that has like oh so the, it has like the layers yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah nice is it col- does it have color yeah yeah it has the raisin lower stuff that orange and blue or yeah. what, what was it mm-hmm. yeah if i remember correctly cool that's neat that'll be that's a nice little bonus. Yeah, should be nice. It's always nice to get a sticker and a piece of candy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know candy. I don't know. I just, Somebody did that. Yeah, there's still places that do that, but I just don't feel like edibles and stuff like this. Like you're already risking a lot of stuff. There's already a lot of risk in like buying people online. Like I feel like putting candy is just asking for <laughs> something to take advantage yeah. of something. You know, it's just not. I don't. I don't feel good doing that so it's candy <laughs> i think it's quite literally taking candy from strangers though i mean i think that's yeah if somebody sends you a piece of candy and you eat it like yeah you've <laughs> but, uh, i just don't trust yeah. people enough to do that i guess <laughs> oh it's candy yeah you well, know that even like getting in like i don't you know people making a big deal about it or something you know i wouldn't really want to be on the like oh yeah well you know it's trying mm-hmm. to be nice <laughs> it's trying to be nice yeah that's cool though 
Are you still using padded envelopes or I am? Yep. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, padded flat or flat rate padded envelopes. Yeah. They're, they're good. Cool. Like they're just, they're solid. I have boxes and stuff too for smaller stuff and international stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I've been good. curious if you were thinking about going in a direction of a custom box like Adafruit or uh, yeah, uh, Spark Fun. I have like what, what the next thing that I, th- I think I want to work on in terms of business stuff or whatever is like custom packaging and like actually having stuff packed where it like makes sense. Because right now I just wrap mm-hmm. it all in a sandwich basically with some padding in between and wrap it up. But I would like to have like some um, either like custom foam cut that would go in a box all neat. Or stuff would like sit on top of each other, or whatever, or um, just have a better solution for that. Because I can, I can fit well, a box in those those padded flattered envelopes too. So I'm not too, you know, I could still take advantage of that stuff with a plank box or whatever. So yeah, well, and I mean, it's the YouTube unboxing, you know, yeah. everything. Well, yeah, is exactly. Kind of a testament to yeah. how people really do like to have some sort of experience when they open something. Yeah, and especially something that's like DIY-ish. Like, I feel like I could put a lot of character into, like, the pamphlets and the box and just have it be, yeah. like, really, you feel really good opening it, you know, and feel really excited yeah. for what you're about to get to, into and everything, so. Well, how cool would it be if the custom foam, like, somehow helped you make it? You know, it, like, it elevated it while you were soldering or it mm. could, like, hold it. Like, it could be a helping hand. So you, like, take the foam apart and you stick it back together Lego-like and it would hold it at an angle for you. Yeah, that would be interesting. That'd be neat. You could even like the whole box itself could help be like a, a component of the project. Right. I don't think about that I more. Like that, actually. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, and then, yeah, I think focusing on an unboxing experience and then sending it to people that do the unboxings that are kind of out there. I'm sure they'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Stoked. Yeah. I might try to do that. This mass drops coming up. I don't know if I have time to design a prototype something like that but I'm just talking yeah, I don't know exactly that. what I'm picturing cool. something that holds the PCB in the box nicely that can somehow transform her into at least one other thing you just focus on one application well even just holding it when you're soldering or something yeah because like with the key switches when they put it on a table or something or at least my desk is full of like you know flux and yeah. random crap and it gets all on your switches and it's just gross so you would sort of yeah. put them that like your switches like fit nice into the into the foam or something where it didn't move around. And That'd be so cool. It was clean. Well, and even like you could build like little indentations in the foam to do other things. Like if you wanted to hold the, because you know you're always losing screws or you're always losing the the little uh, like LEDs and things like that. Mm. So little compartments in the foam as well that you could hold stuff. Oh, okay. So about this, the foam is cut in a way that you can take it apart, and then there's a cloth bag that you can put the foam into and make it into a wrist rest. <laughs> oh, that's neat. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Just like, I was like, oh, I like that. Pretty low, low tech, low budget type thing, but pretty cool. Yeah, something that or you can use to try yeah. if you like it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you could crush it down too. You know, if it was true foam, you could like make it a little more ergonomic, like hold you. It could be the kind of classical wrist rest, but you could also kind of form fit it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it's so it's foam for packaging. It holds the PCB while you're soldering, and then it also becomes a wrist rest after it's all done. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then you can put the logo on the on the wrist rest. Yeah. It's just like a cloth bag. It's pretty, pretty cheap and easy to make, I think. I love that idea. I like the idea of all of the components of the shipping end up 
having some use afterwards and yeah, it's not just a bunch like of stuff trash to throw away. Or whatever, yeah well even the box like if that make the box nice enough it'd be cool for that to be the carrying case you know well and i use all those boxes from like adafruit and, Sp- and spark fun as just to right. hold all my stuff and yeah. so since it's thick and they open nicely I, I love having them around so a cool a cool design box with a cool graphic on it that's something that i can just and you can even t- think about that i mean that's what i'm telling you know i'm saying as a as a a customer I'm, I'm using them for you could even put like a spot on it like a blank like what's in this box and you could even mm. you know do something with like little check mark spots like oh, yeah, cool. this box you know it's it's solder or you know it's you know give them a couple of suggestions and then maybe an open slot a blank and so someone can be like oh this is key switches or this box is uh um key caps okay so yeah so the sleeve itself so okay so this is the box that's like kind of generic or whatever. Maybe it has to like some discrete logos, but you can mainly use it for whatever you want to basically. Right. But then there's this custom designed sleeve that fits over top of it. It's just paper that you can throw away once you, you know, unwrap everything. Right. And so that the box is still, you know, obviously you can customize whatever, but obviously you don't want that to be like the first thing they see when they open it. So that's what the sleeve is for. So it's like an actual like customized product thing. I think that'd work well. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be cool. And then the sleeve yeah. or the, um, the paper sleeve thing could be used as like a, like the back, like if it's perforated or something, that tears out and then it becomes the, like the default key map legend thing that like you can, you can oh, sit next yeah, to whatever yeah. and then reference that when you're typing. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Or you could, oh, another option for that is if, if it doesn't, if it like folds out, like it doesn't, you don't have to tear it to take it apart on the, so on the front, on the front side of the sleeve, piece of paper. Uh, you've got all your logo and everything. And on the back, though, you it lays out as a mat. And then on that, you can put, like, M5 screws here, LEDs here. Mm. Um, oh, that'd be cool. It has little, like, little rectangles. So right. you can put everything in spot, like, sit your solder here. And then, remember, soldering iron should be at this temperature for this and this for that. And then, like, a big, the big logo of the key mapping thing. And then, like, links to the different space, places to go online. And so you essentially are supposed to, like, unfold it as a big mat and then lay everything out. That'd be cool. On it, I like that. And, yeah. yeah, and then so it's kind of a map to, to to put it together. You have the foam kind of holding all of its stuff in place, and you so you get this like building experience that's been vetted through you know your experience, uh, so that each of these pieces is a part of it. And then the box holds the components. You can put your keycaps in here while you're working, so you don't get them dirty. Yeah, yeah. Well, you with the, with the foam, you could do that without. So not instead of being like a mat, you could just do that with foam. So like there's a you know, like a reverse cut type thing. So like it sits in there yeah, and, sits and then yeah. it, it pops out and then it's like the whole, you have all your little containers or like stuff and set. Well, that was, I was, I was thinking that too. And you could ship them that way. So you have their little baggies. And so if they order screws or they order, you know, extra um, spacers or things like that, they would actually be in their specific spots. Yeah. I gotta go a new line and see what else available now. <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing. I mean, I think, I don't know, from a personal perspective, that kind of thing is something I'd pay for. So if it ends up being that it's, five more dollars or eight more dollars or something they just increase the price of the whole product but that in that you're getting this experience and you're getting all these cool things with it yeah well especially something like mass drop where we have we have a larger budget because i'm I'm, a lot of it's just set up then once you get the setup for the custom whatever thing then actually making it's usually pretty cheap from what i understand Mm. and so the stuff like master we're producing thousands of them you know it makes absolute sense to do something like that so yeah oh yeah Oh yeah, that's cool. Especially with like, because they'll have the whole kit. They'll have the keycaps, key switches, 
uh, maybe LEDs and like the wrist rest. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and you just think about that exact, the whole box has got all of that and places yeah. for all of those things. Mm-hmm. And they're just, there is, and you open it up and it's just like, what, it, I don't know. I just, it's amazing how many times that I'm watching a video and there's a, a good portion of a piece of a video where it's like, look how cool it is when I open the lid, look at how it sits. And it's like, right. we really have come to the point where that experience of, of opening the lid the first time is a huge part of how people are perceiving tech. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just, it has more, you know, cause it allows us to make it more characterized too. So you have like a certain style that you do over the whole, all the documentation of the box or anything and that's on the website and it's just like it matches everything and you just feel comfortable because yeah. it's like the same sort of attitude towards like the, the DIY stuff or the maker stuff or whatever. Oh yeah. Well, and t- I mean DIY is so intimidating just in general like buying a keyboard in pieces a lot of I think a lot of yeah. times mm-hmm. there's this element of uh, trepidation because you're like well you know. Especially on my site where it's just like oh here's three parts good luck probably the rest yeah. of it like no likes you. <laughs> so it's like and that's something I'm working on too is making that little more like here's you know this is what you need and whatever have like an exploded diagram Right, how everything goes together, but just having it be um, more labeled, like, oh, this is what this does. This is how this goes together. You know, this, right. is, this is for you'll see this. Hopefully, you bought this separately. If not, here's a few links. You know, that sort of thing. That's right. like, it just kind of walks you through it and explain things to you in a like kind way, and hopefully, let you understand it easier. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, the the new the box idea would be perfect along with those lines that when people see them being opened on the internet or they sh- other users are like saying what they saw and like all the support that yeah. comes from a box that's been you know an an environment that's been thought out about like here's how we're gonna you're gonna be able to work and this is what it's gonna look like mm-hmm. that's kind of cool I mean it's it's not, I liked you know I open the envelope and I and there's my stuff and I'm like all right I'm good but I could understand if you were you know feeling a little bit worried having a little bit more of a guided unboxing and uh, and then a little bit more documentation. that, But it's all kind of, I think it could be cool, you know? You're also like, this is all together. I don't know. That'd right. be neat. Now you've got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm thinking about now. <laughs> do we want an outro? 